put that water there in case the candles get out of hand here. Donna was good enough to find us some slow drip candles. We almost had, uh, I get what's the word, conflagration? Is that the word for a huge fire? We almost had a conflagration down here. Now, I'm not going to charge you any extra for that word. Donna's already read our scripture this morning, so we'll go right into our message from Matthew chapter 1, 18 through verse 25, and we're talking about a surprise adoption, and had the privilege of speaking to people this morning, a um, couple in our church who have adopted from birth, they're telling me about the joy and excitement that was there in their life, and joying and, and that experience, and then um, we know the experience Micah and Brandy have had, and the adoption of Danny Ray, and so... Um, this is a, a huge surprise in the life of Joseph. Joseph is, without a doubt, the quietest man of Scripture. We don't have record of Joseph speaking a word, but yet his role in the life of Jesus is so prominent and so great. Joseph doesn't say a word in Scripture. He's silent. He's like an extra. He's kind of a minor character. If there was a marquee, Joseph's name would not have been in the bold letters. Mary's name would have been in the bold, and Joseph would have been down a little further on. He says nothing. He's silent. But he is completely obedient. And his role teaches us how important it is to be obedient to God. Because what, Jesus, what Joseph did speaks so loudly, it wasn't necessary for him to say anything. He's remarkable in what he is willing to do because he hangs everything in an, in an immediate obedience on a word from God. Joseph is remarkably simple, and he's simply remarkable. And just in three words, Joseph is obedient. Joseph models the influence and the consequences of an immediate, simple obedience to the command of God. He obeys the word of God regardless of the consequences. An angel comes and speaks to him and tells him that everything is going to be all right. I want you to repeat this phrase with me this morning. It's going to be all right. It's going to be all right. That is the best theology that I have ever learned in my life. It's going to be all right. I have spent hours studying theology. I've taken great exams on theology. I've written great papers on, I won't say I wrote great papers, but I wrote big papers on theology. And I can tell you that the greatest theology that I have ever learned in my life is this. It's going to be all right. Just stick with God. He's going to take care of it. And Joseph models that for us better than anyone that we see in the New Testament. He obeys regardless of consequences. You see, we have this romantic, idealistic uh, idea when we look at a nativity uh, scene and we look in our house at the cedar nativity scenes that we have sitting on a shelf somewhere and we get this romantic, idealistic feeling about what was uh, about that birth and it was anything except that for Joseph up until the birth actually happened. But there was an angel who came to Joseph and who said, it's going to be all right. You do what God is instructing you to do. God will take care of this. 
And with a simple word from an angel, Joseph takes this hard and lonely story that he's living, and he gives us a great example of how to be obedient in every circumstances. Joseph is betrothed to a woman who is suddenly and strangely pregnant. And an angel tells him, Joseph, this is an act of God. Later on, we'll see Joseph drop all of his carpentry tools, go to Bethlehem, and then he gets a warning from an angel that tells him to flee into Egypt. And in everything, always in everything, Joseph is immediately obedient. We don't see him debating with the angels. We don't see him pleading his case to the angels. But we see him simply taking the faith of God's word to him. And there's a word, it's immediacy. We learn from Joseph that it is possible to obey God with a breathtaking, unquestioning immediacy. God spoke through an angel, and Joseph married Mary. God simply spoke through an angel, and Joseph acted with an obedience that outran any of the other major characters in this story, even Mary. When the angel came to Mary in Luke chapter 1, verse 34, Mary, the mother of Jesus, met the command with a doubt. How can this be since I have not known a man? But Joseph has no doubt, and he simply obeys God. Now look how Joseph responds. Joseph didn't respond with a recorded denial or doubt, but rather with an immediacy of obedience. The scriptures say he took her to be his wife and did not touch her until that holy thing was born. Joseph has an obedience that outshines many of the people that he had read and studied about or that he had been taught about in the temple as a boy. Joseph had learned about Moses and that Moses, the great patriarch of the Jewish people. And Moses, when God came to Moses and gave him a command, Joseph gave four excuses, uh, Moses gave four excuses before he submitted to God's plan for him to lead the children of Israel out of Egypt. Isaiah, who Joseph had read about and who'd heard about and had the priest to tell him about Isaiah, Isaiah saw the Lord high and lifted up in a way that no one had ever seen the Lord before, and yet Isaiah said, I can't be here, I can't participate because I am a man of unclean lips. But here Joseph leaves the record of never saying anything he just immediately obeys. How often in our lives would things just turn out so much better if we didn't sit and plead our case or argue with the Lord or tell the Lord what we think is best if we just simply, when God gave us the plan, if we just simply took it and obeyed it and went on, how much, how much, how much better would our lives be? John tells us, John the Beloved tells us in 1 John, this is one of the ways to know that we're in a relationship with Jesus. By this we know that we have come to know him if we keep on habitually cherishing his commandments. If we love the commands of God, if we want to obey the commands of God, then we know that we're in a relationship with him because they mean that much to us. See, God is not interested in what I can give. He's not interested in my excuses. He just simply wants me to obey him. It's just that simple. 
And obedience is better than any sacrifice that I could ever make. We see Joseph is obeying and he's in pain while he's obeying. Joseph shows us that we can obey God even in the most painful circumstances. Now, the word betrothed is used here. And what that means is Joseph is in a legally binding agreement with Mary's family. Now, Mary probably didn't have a lot of choice in this matter. Joseph may not have had a lot of choice in this matter. In this time period that they live in, um, the parents, a lot of the time, would arrange these marriages. The, the, the grooms, the, the, the husband and the wife, uh, their families, their fathers may have gotten together earlier and made this arrangement and brought them together, and it was binding. Now, there were some loopholes in it, but not many. So Joseph is in a legally binding marriage contract with Mary's family. There's two phases to this. The first phase is this. Joseph comes and leaves his home, and he moves in with Mary's family for how long? Come on, Sunday school teachers. One year. All right, Mike, I've got a here, piece of peppermint. You win. One year. That's the first phase. Then the second phase is this. Joseph and Mary would leave and they would go to Joseph's home that he has set up. Now, Mary and Joseph are in year one of this phase. And guess what happens? Mary comes to Joseph one day and says what? I'm pregnant. Mary is now pregnant. And it is a brutal and unpleasant circumstance that Joseph finds himself. Now, what is Joseph, what is he probably immediately having here? Probably having immediate doubts about Mary and her, be, and her infidelity. But here is what is important. You see, a betrothed partner, they're referred to already as husband and wife. They were not considered to be married but they're still already called husband and wife. And having sexual relations during that period was immoral. And Joseph knows this. If this gets out in the public, it's going to put Mary to great shame. Sexual unfaithfulness during the betrothal was considered adultery, and under the law of Moses, Mary could be stoned to death. It carried a death penalty. So Joseph... The man that he is, the honorable, godly man that he is, he decides he's going to divorce her quietly and not put her to shame and not put her in jeopardy. Joseph is going to maintain, his goal here is to maintain his personal righteousness and to show compassion even though Mary appears to be an adulteress. Now, here's what Joseph knew about Mary. He knew that Mary was holy. And he knew that there was a silent mystery here that he didn't understand. Joseph trusted God and Joseph trusted Mary. And when the angel comes to him, all makes sense to him. Now I want you to put yourself in Joseph's shoes for just a minute though. I had a Bible. What did I do with it? There it is. Look at Matthew chapter 1, 
And I want you to read these two verses with me. Verse number 18 and verse number 19. But I want us to leave out one phrase here. And that phrase is from the Holy Spirit. It goes like this. Now the birth of Jesus Christ took place in this way. When his mother Mary had been betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found to be with child. And her husband Joseph, being a just man and unwilling to put her to shame, resolved to divorce her quietly. Now, when you leave out that phrase from the Holy Spirit, what does that do to change the story? It changes everything. If you leave out that phrase from the Holy Spirit, then Mary is an adulteress. Mary has uh, committed a great sin against God and against Joseph, and Joseph has every right to put her away in divorce or even to take her to public shame. But the angel tells Joseph, that this baby has been conceived by the Holy Spirit, by God the Holy Spirit. And Joseph takes that on faith, and he takes God at his word, and he trusts God, and now he obeys God. You see, a carpenter's business in Nazareth depended upon building the goodwill of people over a long period of time. And he knew that in Nazareth he was going to be subjected to the backstreet gossip and the malicious slander that was going to go on, and he knew that that was what was going to happen. But God had sent an angel to him to talk to him and to let him know what was going on, and Joseph shows us that we can obey God in the midst of painful and difficult circumstances. Now look at his obedience in the face of fear. The angel says to Joseph, fear not. Don't be disgusted. Don't be too angry. Don't be hurt. Don't be ashamed. Don't be afraid of being obedient. Now what would have been the easiest thing for Joseph to do? Would have been to put Mary away, to quietly divorce her, and Joseph could have gone back to his carpenter shop and done what men do. He could have just immersed himself in work and immersed himself in what he was doing and immersed himself in, in forgetting about the situation and just forgetting and moving on with his life. But Joseph doesn't do that. Joseph obeys. Now here's why it's so important that Joseph obeys. The important part of this is the doctrine of incarnation, which says this, that Jesus was going to be born what? Fully God and fully what? Fully man. Now, for that to take place, Joseph couldn't have an earthly father the way that Joseph had an earthly father or the way that we have an earthly father. For, Je for Jesus to be born fully God and fully man, God had to be involved in this. Jesus' birth is a result of a miraculous conception. It wasn't like everyone else's. Jesus couldn't be born with the sin of this world on him already the way that we are born into sin this way. Joseph's mother Mary became pregnant by the Holy Spirit's creative action before she had any relationship with a man. Now, this was not a big deal to Christians up until a couple of centuries ago. Somewhere in the 19th century, people, modernists, began to argue against this. They began to argue against the Immaculate Conception they began to argue against Jesus' incarnation of him being fully God 
and fully man. And they began to say that he was an, an enlightened teacher, that he was a godly man, and that he was just uh, an insightful teacher. And they surrounded the virgin birth with great skepticism. But we know that this is a supernatural act that secured the divinity of Jesus Christ. Now, I've said this before about different matters. I can be wrong on some things, and it it be all right. I can be wrong. Uh, I, I can be wrong of whether creation was six 24-hour days, or whether it was six 1,000-year days, or whether it was took a million years. I can be wrong on that in my mind and still be in right standing with God. But I can't be wrong when it comes to the virgin birth of Jesus Christ. I cannot. It is an essential doctrine that I must take into my heart and that I must believe in order to come into right standing with God through a relationship with Jesus Christ for the forgiveness of my sins. I have to believe that Jesus was born and conceived in this way because to, to live a sinless, spotless life, he had to be born this way. So I can't be wrong about that. And anyone who's teaching against this, teaching against the incarnation of Jesus, teaching against the immaculate conception, the virgin birth of Jesus, is simply teaching a false doctrine that is wrong. And they'll have to answer for that. Now Matthew is a Jew, and he's writing to a Jewish audience here, and he presents the virgin birth of Jesus as God's miraculous fulfillment of this promise in the person of Jesus the Messiah. He's showing them, and he's teaching them through Scripture. He says this is why this has to happen this way, to fulfill the Scriptures and the sayings of Isaiah, the prophecies of Isaiah, Jesus has to be born in this manner. He has to be born of a virgin. This brings further affirmation of the promise of this, that God will be with his disciples in every age to empower them in their commission to make disciples of all nations. We have to get this. Joseph models for us that with immediacy and in spite of painful, confusing circumstances and in the face of fear, we can abandon everything and obey God, no matter what our circumstances are. Now, look at Joseph in this way. He's an obedient servant. But what is Joseph most of all? Joseph is a father. And Jesus is the first child that comes into his household that he's responsible for. And Joseph is a great example to Jesus as an obedient earthly father. Now, think about that. You're Joseph. Jesus has come into your household. You have been told by an angel sent from God that this is God in the flesh living in your household, and you, as a man with frailties and faults, have to model obedience to God himself living in your household. Any pressure in that? That's a lot of pressure. 
But what does Joseph do? Joseph simply obeys God. Now, if Joseph is as obedient in this large task that God has placed him in, don't you imagine that for the, for the example of Jesus growing up that, that, that Joseph continued to model this? He made it easy for Jesus to call God Abba Father. No one had ever called God by that name until Jesus came. We see Jesus had the example of Joseph as a loving, obedient father. And he was able to use that phrase. Our Lord, Jesus, saw that simple obedience in Joseph. He learned obedience there through him. And he was obedient all the way to a cross at Calvary. Philippians 2.8 says this, And being found in human form, he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death, even death on a cross. Now, this quiet man named Joseph, this humble man named Joseph, he was just simply obedient. He was not one who probably had a lot of public stature. He was a carpenter. He was probably good at his trade. He was probably dedicated to his trade. But more than that, God looked at him and saw an obedient man that he could use. And in our lives this Christmas season, as we are looking at all the things going on in our world, and we are so busy, and we are so burdened down with all these things, and so caught up in all that's going on around us, and we... I have to stop sometimes just to catch our breath during all this hustle and bustle. But God provides for us here a man named Joseph who he chose to be the earthly father of Jesus Christ, to be the adoptive father of Jesus Christ, and to model obedience to Jesus. And we can look to him and we can say, Joseph was put in an extremely hard circumstance but he just simply obeyed and he had a great impact on all of the world through his obedience. He didn't hide from his responsibilities. He didn't go away and, and try to get away from those responsibilities. He simply heard God's word. He simply heard from the Lord and he simply went and obeyed. Simple. Now, I can tell you this. We're coming to the close of 2017, and I can promise you this. If you are a believer and a follower of Jesus Christ, somewhere in 2018, he's going to put you in a place where he's going to expect you to be obedient. You believe that? Say amen. And what are we going to do? Are we going to simply obey God, or are we going to Run away from it? Are we going to try to hide from it? Are we going to try? What, what are we going to do with that request that he made or that mission or that gift or, or that ministry that he calls us to? What are we going to do with that? I hope that through this message this morning, you'll be able to look back at the life of Joseph and you'll be able to say, I want to be obedient in the way that Joseph was obedient and I want to know and see, I want to see on the other side of this what thing that God does through my obedience.
It may be something that nobody ever sees or ever knows other than you and God. But I can tell you that the most fulfilling moments of your life as a Christian will be when you are absolutely 100% immediately obedient to the call of God on your life. And I can tell you this also, the greatest regrets in your life as a Christian will be when you look back years later and you know that God was calling you to a simple act of obedience and you disobeyed and you lived the consequences for that later on. So be obedient this morning. The virgin birth of Jesus was so important it is foundational to everything that we believe. And God called a man who he had faith in to be obedient to go along with God's plan. Didn't make sense to the rest of the world. Didn't make sense to Joseph's family. Didn't make sense to Joseph's friends. But Joseph was obedient. And because of that, we're able to be here this morning and enjoy the relationship that we have with the Lord Jesus Christ. Simply obey. Maybe God has been speaking to your heart. Maybe he has been prompting you and showing you something that you need to do. Maybe you are here this morning and you know that you need to begin a relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. Put your faith and trust in him through his grace. Maybe you know that with certainty. Now would be the perfect time for you to come and to express, I need to know Jesus Christ have forgiveness of my sins, and know that I'm going to be with him in eternity for heaven, with, in heaven for eternity. Maybe this morning God is calling you to follow in believers' baptism or church membership, whatever it is. Maybe God has shown you a ministry or something that you need to be involved in. Be obedient this morning. Say yes to God in everything. Maybe you just want to simply come and pray this morning. The altars are open. Whatever it is that you need to do this morning, take time during this time of worship, reflection, and decision to be obedient to God. Would you stand? Father, thank you for this time that we have here this morning. Thank you for those who have followed in obedience. Thank you for Sunday school teachers, deacons, choir members, Thank you for ministers here who one day you spoke to their heart and said, this is the ministry I want you to be involved in. And they were obedient, and they followed through. And because of them, people have been won to the Lord, or because of them, people's lives have been encouraged. Father, may we all this morning find this simple place of obedience, just as Joseph did. No matter what the harm, hurtful situation we feel like we're in, no matter what the pain that we may be suffering, when you call us, may we be obedient. We ask this in Jesus' name. Amen.